Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. I don't even know what my voice is anymore. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creeps and Crimes for Ep 6. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed our creepy accounts. We had a lot of fun recording it. So fun. Honestly, and I think it's one of my favorites. So we're really looking forward to, um, you know, doing one of those in the near future. So if you'd like to send in your own, you can email it to creepsandcrimespodcast at gmail.com. So we are recording at the beginning of the week, so we aren't really sure what, while recording right now, what the outcome of the election is, because we're not um, psychic. However, well, we well, are psychic. A little bit. <laughs> However, we want to encourage everybody just to spread love and be kind to one another and just say, stay safe. Yeah, we don't really like to get political, but we thought that, that was important, you know. Um, it's been a crazy year so far, and again, we think it's important that we radiate love to those around us because you never know what they're going through. So now that our political stance is over, <laughs> uh, so we talk about merch. <laughs> I know. So we literally just ordered our merch, merch on Monday, and so you'll start being able to see um, the orders by probably next week. Um, but we are so, so, so excited about it. We wanted to shout out our girl, Katie. Thank you so much. Um, you guys can find her at Something Noteworthy on mm -hmm. Instagram. On Instagram. Um, and then, so thank you for helping us and doing oh yeah. this for us. And then you can also find her on Etsy. She has an Etsy shop. And while we're talking about Instagrams, you can follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. Me at Taylor J. Me at Morg.M, double the freaking G. <laughs> Do you think they like our singing voice? I think they love our singing voice. Okay. <laughs> or they're really over our shit. By the way, happy November. No, it is not November. The month of October flew by. Actually, maybe it didn't fly by. No, I think no, it, it flew by. kind of did because we've been so wrapped up in this entire podcast. We live in this room. <laughs> we, we live in the studio. In the studio, a.k.a. laundry studio room. Studio loving. <laughs> not like that, but you know what we mean. <laughs> Mike Levin in the studio. Yeah. Oh. Um, but for the month of November, we're going to go through and tell you guys one thing that we're thankful for, for on each app. So, Morgan, you can go first. So, for our first week of November, I am so very thankful for all the friends that I have home and here. Um, my home friends, they just support me all the way. Love you guys. You girls, you know who you are. <laughs> my friends here, guys, they are the biggest support system I ever have. They go with the flow. They 
cool as frick people. Cool as so, frick I people. I love everybody, and that's who I'm thankful for. And my family, but... Yeah, family too. I am super thankful this month for my husband. We have been married now for July... What comes after? <laughs> January, yeah. February, March, April, May, June, July, August, August September, September, October. In two days. Four months. No, tomorrow. It'll be four months. Because mm. today's the third. Oh, yeah. We have here on the fourth, right? Yeah, fourth of July, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been together for four months now, and I don't know, we've just had a great time, like, learning how to live with each other and support each other, and yeah, we fight still, and but, like, that almost makes it better. And I've it gives a lot it about character. Him. It gives it some character. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I've just learned a lot about him that I didn't even know in the four years of us living together. And I've just really appreciated him and his, like, grace that he's given me. So Love you, Logie. Love you, Logie. Um, today, we have a theme for the episode, which is, drumroll please. <laughs> International stories. So, Morgan, what do you have for us? Okay, so before we get started, um, I'm going to need you guys to like, comment, subscribe, download, review, all of the above. I'm sick of it. No, I'm just kidding, but seriously, can you please give us some love? We just need some love and some, like, reassurance and just, like, some hugs. Just, like, like, love us. Just, like, give us a little love. And we love you guys so much, and it just makes us so happy, and... I mean, Morgan and I's entire day is dedicated to watching (laughs) watching our downloads go up. We're like, oh, Buzzsprout. (laughs) It's going up too in the last hour. Did you see that? (laughs) All day, every day. That's all we do, people. So anyways, Morgan, now you can tell your story. Okay, guys. So today I'm going to dive in deep into the British royal family. Oh, sorry. Almost choked on my water. (laughs) Let's talk about it. This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Okay, first, for starters, everything I'm about to say is simply a conspiracy. A.K.A. British (laughs) royal family, don't come after me. Do not come after her. We are just (laughs) dumb Americans just sitting here. Seriously, please don't come after me. We're always looking for a fun story, okay? But you guys do know how I feel about conspiracies. So let me start... (laughs) You know what we say. (laughs) At the very beginning. It's true. (laughs) I'm just going to dive right in and hit you with this. My one friend will appreciate this. Queen Elizabeth I was actually... Another drum roll. A freaking man. Bear with me. <laughs> this one's a little outfetched, but I had to incorporate it because it's just so outfetched that I had I had to, okay? All right, guys. So Queen like Elizabeth we said, take it easy, okay? Take it easy. Take it easy. Right. Queen Elizabeth I was one of the longest reigning monarchs in British history. She slash he was known for the defeat of the Spanish Armada. So the theory of the Queen actually being a male stems from an author named Bram Stoker. Stoker was the author of the very famous book. Dracula. Oh. And he also, later on, wrote another book titled Famous Imposters. Ooh. So, according to his book, Famous Imposters, the real Queen Elizabeth had died at a young age due to the plague. Oh. Elizabeth's caretakers decided to replace her with a similarly, 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 yeah, aged boy and lookalike. So, they did this in order to avoid the wrath of King Henry VIII. So, I have two things to go on about that. Back then, you know, when you're looking at pictures of, like, old, you know, like, 
Like they do. I just keep thinking of strong, tall, Henry the Eighth. Do you know this one? I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. But anyway, yes, I was going to go. I was literally my next note say, dude, so off topic, but please tell me you know about the song, <laughs> King Henry. Um, anyway, but back then, dude, girls kind of, they all looked very the same. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean, though? I, like, well, there was no, there like, wasn't... really feminine, like, features that... Well, yeah. And... Especially at a young age. Well, and on top of that, like, dental hygiene, still in England versus in the U.S. now versus then was very different. And there was no skincare, y'all. They just burnt Mm -hmm. and got crusty and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, that's my first short conspiracy. I had to throw it in because I thought it was pretty freaking cool. But the royal family... that was your opener? (laughs) That was my my opener. Okay, I'm going to be quiet now and let you tell the stories. Okay, (laughs) so the royal family is filled with conspiracies. So let me give you the next one. Do you know who is claimed to be the infamous Jack the Ripper? Yes. Of course you do. But maybe you guys don't, so let me inform you. Oh, wait, I don't know, like, on a conspiracy level what you're thinking. I know, like, from, like, DNA testing. Oh, (laughs) I can't stand her sometimes. No, guys, it's not like anything's proof. All right, yeah, no, no, nothing's proof. Like, nobody knows who who Jack the Ripper is, and there has been tons of investigations. Anyway, so conspirists like myself believe that is none other than prince albert victor aka queen victoria's grandson aka jack the ripper aka serial killer aka royal family psycho okay i dun 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 so backstory who was jack the ripper i'm sure you all know the story but let me just sum it up for you he was a well-known serial killer who terrorized london in 1888 he killed and mutilized five women said to be more women but Five women confirmed. All of the killings were within one mile of each other. So Jack the Ripper sent letters to the London Metropolitan Police Service. Some weren't sure if the letters were a hoax by Chris Van or the Ripper himself, but they took them seriously. Um, the killer's identity, name, and motive are still unknown. But people speculate Jack the Ripper is, in fact, a member of the royal family, Prince Albert Victor. Why? The prince was second in line for the throne when he died of influenza at 28. His physician, Thomas Stowell, Stowell, published an article implying that the prince committed the murders during insanity fits caused by an advanced case of syphilis. Oh, God. Sources report that the prince was nowhere near the murder locations when the Ripper had killed, but it's the freaking royal family, one of the most powerful families in the world. So, of course, they'd be able, exactly, of course, they'd be able to cover up that for their reputation, Also, a stretch here, but influenza, I know it was the late 1800s, but could that be a cover-up from the repercussions of being a psychopath? Kill him off. I don't know. Again, don't come after me. They've killed other people, so. Exactly. And I'm going to go into about, you know, a few (laughs) few more of the royal family members who were killed very suspiciously. So, that's up to you. Again, none of these have been proved. So, now let's talk about the death of Prince George. Prince George was the son of King George V and Queen Mary. He was a member of the Royal Navy in 1920s. He also served during World War II, and during this time, Prince George's plane crashes, resulting in Prince George's death. Here's where it's odd. The official papers of the flight had disappeared. Oh, okay. 
Some claim it involves the British intelligence. Mm. Others blame the Nazis. Nobody understands how the plane crashed. But here's the extra odd part. There was one survivor of the crash. He was forced to sign an official secret act. This man was forbidden to talk about the details of the crash and what occurred prior to the plane coming down. Wow, you literally just made yourself look suspicious. So, was he another member who was wronged by the royal family? Did they kill him off? Probably. Probably. Don't come after us. (laughs) Don't come after us, but it's freaking weird. weird. If there was one survivor... First off, I'm not really sure how somebody would survive a plane crash. I don't think they were either. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think they were really expecting that. But definitely the papers and the details and the forbiddenness to talk. Super suspicious. Royal family. Sus. So now let's take into account the two royal family members who were... um, you know, died after having. I mean, you know, we want to say murdered, but no, they died. They died very suspiciously. <laughs> so, the biggest conspiracy of the royal family, I'm not done here, is the death of Princess Diana. Dun, dun, dun. August 31st, 1997, Princess Diana was killed in a car accident in Paris. Many believe this was an orchestrated crash, an intentional, horrific act to have Princess Diana killed. So let's start with the first claim. Princess Diana was pregnant. The father of her unborn baby? An Egyptian Muslim named Muhammad al-Fayed. Fayed. Muhammad al-Fayed. Something like that. Wow. To the royal family, this was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, they hate everything. Mr. Fayed Fayed was the one responsible for this claim, stating that the royal family could not accept that an Egyptian Muslim could eventually be the father of the future king of England. Resulting, this all resulted in the royal family plotting to kill her off. Prior to her death, the princess made comments about a, quote, big surprise. Newspapers and reporters speculated that the princess was indeed pregnant. Unfortunately, to debunk this theory, there is no sign of pregnancy during the post-mortem examination. But again, dun-dun-dun-dun, royal family can cover up anything. They're one of the most powerful families in the world. (laughs) The princess herself also believed that she was going to be killed by the royal family, which is freaking insane, you know, to like verbally state like my life's in danger. Prior to her death, she had written a letter and she had given it to her trusted butler for safekeeping. The letter stated, (laughs) I'm quoting again, I am sitting here at my desk today in October longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. The royal family is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry. When she wrote this letter, she had voiced fears about her car. She had made it known that something's wrong with my car. Can someone take a look at it? And everybody said, nope, it's cool, it's cool, it's fine, it's fine. Her bodyguard had died in an accident that the princess also believed to be a conspiracy in itself. So let's quickly talk about the bodyguard. Princess Diana talked publicly about an affair her and Barry Manneke had, a.k.a. the bodyguard. Um, She voiced, and I quote, the greatest love I ever had. Once the affair was found out, the bodyguard was removed from the Royal Family Protection Services and was killed shortly after. And yet, the bodyguard was struck by a car while riding a motorcycle. 
a motorbike, motorcycle. Suspicious? It was known that the princess had concerns about her safety. And again, she voiced that and had written it down in a letter. So let's move on to the next claim. The driver intentionally caused the crash. The driver of Diana, not the bodyguard. We're moving on from that. So it was known to the public that the driver was intoxicated, drunk. But many believe that that is not the case. The driver, Henry Paul, was head of security of the Ritz Hotel in Paris. Many theorists believe he was on payroll of either the Security Service of France or the UK or both. Those believe the driver intentionally crashed and was not drunk, but that his body was simply swapped with another person to make the toxicology results appear correct. So this is why people question that. Throughout the night, Mr. Paul was not behaving as if he, as if a drunk man would. He was acting rationally. He was going on about his business. He wasn't drunk to the public. Mr. Paul also appeared to have a large amount of money, more money than a driver should, an unusually, an unusually large amount as if he had been paid off. Mm. By whom, you ask? Whomst? I'm going to guess the royal family. The royal family. So none of the claims are proved, but the princess had speculation of being killed off. She voiced this, and again had broke the royal family's rules. So is she just another member that had to face the consequences of pissing off the royal family? Yes. So now let's count. We have well-known Jack the Ripper, we have Prince George, and now we have Princess Diana and her bodyguard. All with very suspicious deaths. So now let's talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Oh my god, I just started reading Finding Freedom. Yeah. Best book ever. Yeah. So we know that the royal family did not welcome Meghan with open arms. No. She was an American and the first mixed race American to marry into the royal family. She felt pushed out. She felt lonely. She felt unwelcome. And ultimately... You guys know the drama. The couple left the royal family. We all know what the royal family is capable of, but many believe they saw this as an end to take over America. As Meghan and Harry's kids grow up, their kids will be American. Many believe as they grow up, they'll run for office in the United States at the same time they'd be in line for the throne. So what if the royal family is playing long ball here? They want America back, and this is their way to do so. Anyway, so (laughs) Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, them leaving the royal family, it could all be a giant ploy to keep everybody off guard, you know, so nobody suspects the royal family's long-term plan here with, you know, taking America back. But personally, I don't think so, especially with a badass like Meghan, you know. She was born and raised in Los Angeles, so she knows what And she's a hustler. She is. She's a badass. I've read, like, her blog post that she did that, like, got her to where she was and then got her her first casting call for that show that she was in in Canada. Mm -hmm. So all in all, I mean, I'm not going to, like, get too crazy here, but I do remember, like, you know, like, the whole, like, Satanist and la-di-da-di-da. Yeah. I got real quiet because I don't really want that on on camera, but... (laughs) That whole global elite talk, that would be for an entirely different day. But um, And she'll get to it. We'll get to it. But that's kind of all I have for the British royal family. In summary, I think that they are extremely passionate about keeping their image, you know, held appropriately and, th- and following all the rules. And anybody 
any member in the family that breaks those rules, they are suspiciously Dead. killed off. <laughs> yeah. So you guys come to your own conclusion, but within the last 200 years, there's been numerous family members that deaths could be very questionable. Right. <laughs> and again, all conspiracy. I mean, I think it, I personally think it's pretty freaking cool that like a family still runs a country, but I guess that's not democracy. It's cool, but it's like it's cool because I could never imagine a life like that. A life like that. Yeah. I, like being a prince, a princess, like that's fairy tale. That, no, that is legitimately Disney. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is to me. Yeah. All right. It's crazy. What are you drinking? We, we forgot to mention what we're drinking here, so we just want to talk about it real quick because I have a new drink. I'm really excited to talk about it. So what are you drinking first? What do you think I'm drinking? Oh, 19 Crimes. 19 Crimes, red blend. Um, going back to the classic, the one that's not in the rum barrel, just because I love the taste of it and I double aerated it. So. <laughs> so Halloween night, Taylor comes up to me and she's like, dude, I found this. First off, I don't like drinking red wine. No. I'm a white wine, white wine. <laughs> One more glass. <laughs> it's a very, it's just been a day. It's been a day. Um, so she comes running up to me and she's like, uh, 19 Crimes just released a new rosé. Like you have to try it. So she bought me a bottle and, and wait, let me back up. I don't know if it was just released, but it just started being um, sold in Knoxville. Yeah. First time we had it. So it's just released. <laughs> new. Oh. Okay, we'll just ignore that call. Sorry, Kimber, if you're listening to this. I'm <laughs> we'll not, back here in a second. I'm not answering. Um, so, yeah, so the rosé is freaking good. I mean, Taylor, as you can tell, the bottle is um, almost gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to have to open a new bottle of my 19 Crimes. So tell me where your international crime is from. Give me the country. So mine is Canada. 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 All I've of our re- Canadian followers listen up. All of our Canadian people. And we actually have a few. Oh, we do. Yeah, we yeah do. guys, we're actually pretty international. We're, we're pretty like, international. We're like pretty freaking cool creeps and crimes to the top, man. Not after this episode. They're all gonna... Like, all of our British people, all of our UK people, we're sorry, okay? Dude, we're people sorry. really do idolize the royal family, though. They do. And we're really sorry. We're just... We're just conspiracy theory people, you know? Yeah, like I said, it's all not true. Well... I don't know about true. It's a conspiracy. It's so. a conspiracy. So we're just, you know, rambling. We're just kind of like, you know, chit-chatting. That's so Canada, so. Mine's in Canada. So. Um, sorry about the pause. Taylor took 12 years to open this bottle of wine. And I now, have we like have, a- now we have to decanter it twice. Just, I'm going to give you some ASMR. <laughs> wow, so satisfying. Wow. Okay, so now that we have our wine glasses freshly poured. Oh my Bottoms. God, we didn't do our intro. Throw that shit on cruise control. Pour that shit up. Let's get creepy. We'll do it next time. We forgot it like the last two episodes. (sighs) Okay. Anyways, guys, today I have the story of the Richardson family murders. My sources are an article by ATI, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, an episode of the episodes of the podcasts. Murderpedia. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Morbid, um, Killer Instinct, and and that's why we drink, of course. I didn't know that was a website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. You can get a lot of good info there. So, like I said, this place uh, this takes place in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. So before I get started, I just want to introduce you guys to the Richardson family. So we have Deborah and Mark Richardson, and they met after recovering from alcoholism and drug abuse. They recovered and they married. They had two children, Jasmine and Jacob. 
this family was your typical perfect family. Like whenever I was thinking about how I'm going to describe it, I couldn't help but saying like, you know, that like Instagram family that you follow Mm -hmm. that's like from your town or like that Facebook family, perfect, like perfect family that you have. Like, no, not in Washington, but (laughs) that's like who they were. (laughs) They were so kind. They hosted neighborhood barbecues and they went out on family adventures constantly. Mark and Deborah were very passionate about sponsoring those who struggled with abuse, just like themselves. And they loved their children dearly. Mark was an instrumentation technician in the oil and gas industry. Mm -hmm. Familiar. Right. And Deborah was a successful, you're going to love this holistic shop owner. Oh, right. So Mark had actually just gotten a a promotion at work and Deborah expanded her business and she became a Reiki practitioner. Interesting. Yeah. Really cool. Right. She was a cool mom. Yeah. So they were well known in their, (laughs) they were well known in their community and they were um, also like very loved in their neighborhood and community. So let's get to the terrible story. Oh, my least favorite part. I know, right. So it's 1 p.m. on April 23rd, 20, uh, no, not 2016. I'm sorry, 2006. And a six year old little boy walked over to his neighbor's house to see if their son Jacob wanted to come outside and play, which. As you would suspect, this is the Richardson's family house that he walked over to. So he arrives at the house and he knocked on the doors. However, there was no response, but the family's car was in the driveway. So he made made his way um, around the house to the back and he was looking through the windows, knocking on the windows, didn't see anything. He gets to the back basement window and inside he sees the bloody bodies of um, Jacob's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Richardson. Mm. He ran to go get help, so the police came, and when they arrived, they found 42-year-old Mark and 48-year-old Deborah Richardson stabbed to death on their basement floor before searching the rest of the house um, looking for their son and daughter. Um, So they make their way upstairs, and they find 8-year-old Jacob Richardson dead. He had five stab wounds, and his throat had been slit from ear to ear. (sighs) So they found him in his bed. He was surrounded by his favorite toys. Um, But they were all covered in blood. Hmm. There was no sign of the family's 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine Richardson. The police immediately put on an Amber Alert, assuming that she had been abducted. Meanwhile, the police began searching through all of her things, including her school locker, searching for any leads that they could find. Which is when they quickly realized that she might not be a victim of a crime, but the suspect in it. The 12-year-old. The 12-year-old daughter. So, the day after her family's murder, Jasmine Richardson and her boyfriend, Jeremy Stanky, Stanky, Stanky? She had a boyfriend? Yep. Um, were arrested in Leader, Saskatchewan, Canada. Let me tell you a little bit about this relationship between Jeremy and Jasmine. So, Jeremy and Jasmine met at a punk rock concert a few months before the murders. Um, they stayed what in What con- 12-year-old is going to punk a mom rock? That's a, a 12-year-old's mom that's a cool-ass mom. I guess, but and not that not in today's age. You don't send your twelve no. year old to a concert. Well, it's two thousand six. It's not like it was that long ago. You're right. So um, they stayed in contact and grew close through communicating after the um, concert through communicating on <laughs> vampirefreaks.com and Nextopia, Nextopia, um, which is basically like a two thousand six version of like a social media where you can just like direct message each other. But it's big in Canada still today. So, um, 
I hate to stop you right now, but <laughs> you know how I always reference Twilight? Yes. Could you just, like, I was seriously into vampires, guys. Could you just imagine if I was on vampirefreaks.com? Because I was probably the same age around that you time. Just need to, you just need to wait till the next part. This is really Okay, good. so they tried to suck their mother's blood. <laughs> no, no, that okay. was not what came up. Okay. So, um, Jasmine's username on this website was Runaway Devil. <laughs> I don't really have words. I don't want to laugh. But... <laughs> and her age on the app claimed to be 15 years old. However, she was 12. Not not that that's a big stretch. I mean, I said that anytime I went to the beach, you know, and met like older dudes. I'm like, I'm 15. I'm like, really like 13. Okay, who were you meeting at the beach? Oh my God, I made my best friends at the beach. And I still talk to those friends. Cody, Jacob, hey everybody, what's going on? 12-year-old Taylor is like... Hey, boys, want a glass of OJ? I'm 15. I'm 15. Um, Nick like and Blake. Son. I mean, I literally have friends that I still communicate with from our beach trips. Me and, me and Emma. Me and Emma always made friends. Of course, Amy, Mom, Emma, and me. Oh, yeah. You know we do. My people. <laughs> Scoots. Scoots. So, um... After interviewing friends and families, uh, I'm sorry, family and friends of the Richardsons, it turned out that Jasmine's parents disapproved of this relationship because her boyfriend, Jeremy, was 23 years old. Um, could we please refer to her as Runaway Devil? <laughs> Runaway Devil's boyfriend. <laughs> was 23 years old. He is a... Freak. He's a freak. Yeah. Yes. I'm um, done no, interrupting. I'm no. done interrupting. Tell your story. You're going to interrupt me again here in two seconds. Just <laughs> everybody just hold on to your seats right here. So he believed that he was a 300 year old werewolf who loved the taste of blood. Did he? Yeah, he did. Vampire.com. Jim Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that he would wear a small vial of blood around his neck daily. Whose blood? Runaway Devils. Nobody knows whose. Oh my god, it was Runaway Devils. So, later, um, investigators found messages that were exchanged between the two. So, Jasmine said to Jeremy... Was that wreck? <laughs> okay, so we have no idea what that was. Um, sage is lit. Um, glass is filled up. Again, sorry, I know you hate that for yourselves. What if it's a werewolf outside? Oh my god, Runaway cans? Devils here. So, they later found messages that were exchanged between the two. Jasmine said to Jeremy, okay, I have this plan. It starts with me killing them and ends with me living with you. To which Jeremy responded, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with, like, details and stuff. One day, the couple watched Natural Born Killers, which was their favorite movie, and no people, it is not Nike Heaton or Nikki Heaton's album. Natural Born Killers. It is a movie from 1994, and um, it's about two victims of childhood trauma who became lovers and then mass murderers, and they became glorified by the media. But one of the big things in the movie is that one of the main characters kills a member of their family. So after watching this movie, they decided it was time to work on the details of their master plan. So... Right now, I want to give you guys a trigger warning for a lot of gory details that are about to come up. Great. So, Jasmine and Jeremy walked into the Richardson's household. Jeremy was wearing a face mask, literally the ones that we're wearing today because of the pandemic. And he was carrying a knife. He immediately stabbed Deborah Richardson 11 times before, to stab before stabbing her a 12th time directly in the heart. 
Mark Richardson, Deborah's husband, um, Jasmine's father, heard his wife screaming and all the commotion going on downstairs in the basement. So he runs downstairs, which is when Jeremy attacks him. Mark was stabbed uh, 24 times total, 15 times in the front and nine times in his back. Jasmine and Jeremy made their way upstairs to where um, her little brother's room was. And eight-year-old Jacob was laying in his bed, hiding underneath his animals and blankets. He began pleading for his life, saying, why are you doing this? I'm too young to die. Jasmine then stabbed her own brother five times. And he began to gurgle while she was stabbing him. And so Jeremy decided to slash his throat from ear to ear to finish him off. Jasmine later said um, her answer to his question of why are you doing this was because it was too cruel to leave him without parents. No, Jasmine. No, Jasmine. It was cruel to murder Murder your your whole family. Two hours after the murders took place, the couple was seen at a restaurant kissing and laughing in a booth. Were they bloody? Uh Uh-uh. They um, got all washed up. So, as I said before, they were arrested the day after the bodies were discovered. They were um, in different prison holding cells. However, they were able to exchange letters back and forth. So, Jeremy writes um, a letter to Jasmine that says, and this is what uh, Christine said to M on their episode. She said, (laughs) imagine when I'm reading this that all of the, like, words you are spelled with just the letter U. Okay. Well, he's a werewolf. So. Yeah, he's a werewolf, so he can't spell it out. Um, right. You said you wanted to get engaged. Then here's a cue. Will you marry me? If so, it is a verbal agreement. To which Jasmine responded, ha 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 ha. I never thought I would find myself hysterically, hysterically laughing in a holding cell under these types of circumstances. But still, ha 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 ha. You make me so happy. Yes. Yes, I will. I would love to. So later um, in an interview, or I'm sorry, in an interrogation with Jeremy, he said, have you ever seen the movie Natural Born Killers? And he said, well, I think that is the best love story of all time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Not. No. I was about to reference Romeo and Juliet, but that is also not the greatest love story. How about, yes, anything Nicholas Sparks? Yeah, anything (laughs) But natural born killers. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> so in a later interview with Jasmine, investigators asked her why she did it. And she said, um, I loved him so much, I thought that this would bring us closer together. So in June of 2007, Jasmine went on trial for three counts of first degree murder. She was found guilty on all three counts, um, which was the maximum sentence for a minor in Canada. And in 2008, Jeremy was found guilty of three counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to life, three life sentences, with the earliest parole date being 25 years, so that makes it 2033. And in 2012, Jasmine was released under uh, conditional supervision, so she could basically go to college. It was kind of like a really heavy parole thing, so she had, like, a curfew. She, like, I don't know if she, like, lived in a halfway house or what she did. Anyway, she went to college, and she got a degree. In 2016, she was released, and she changed her name, and apparently she was, like, they said she was a poster child for complete rehabilitation after 10 years. Yeah, I don't believe it. Well, so then... Okay, I mean, I guess she was 12. I didn't believe it either, but then I 
Um, and, and that's why we drink. And I did a lot of research on the side. And basically, there's research showing that if if you're a childhood killer, so if you kill during your childhood, you're unlikely to kill in your adulthood because of how traumatic it is for you. So basically, it I don't know. I mean, but then you you go and you look back to like people that are serial killers, and, and they have all these like killing tendencies with animals, and right? Like weird, creepy, right? Shit, yeah. But she like changed her name. There's no trace of who she is or what she does now. Um, but it was literally taken off her record that she, that she murdered somebody. I'm sorry, not just anybody, her family. So, um, who do you have connections with? Right. Runaway devil. Well, basically it's because the devil? it's because she was a minor. She's 12 years old, you know? So then they go back and they're like, so did her boyfriend, Jeremy, influence her to do this but then you look at the messages and it's obviously her idea because she's so mad that they're disapproving of this relationship well sweetheart he's 12 years older than you right i just i don't want to anyway so um a lot of research you know after the fact says that she's completely um, rehabilitated i think she actually did a research study about childhood murderers like i don't but like i said there's no trace of her now so um, and then like the, we wouldn't be able to find like her no, current name. You have no like, like nobody has any. I mean, I'm sure someone knows because there's pictures so, of her at 13. And Morgan actually just looked him up. Yeah, I had to look her up, and she's drop dead gorgeous. She's drop dead gorgeous. But the boyfriend, my oh, god, no. he He's does scared. look like a werewolf. I think he I saw him been, at a mall. He might have been telling the truth about being a werewolf <laughs> because his picture really He's does scary say that. Yeah. <laughs> or look him up right now. But no, he doesn't even look like a werewolf. He looks like a vampire. Yeah, he does look like a vampire. Yeah, he, I think he just got his words twisted. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I, another thing that was said after the fact is the policemen or the investigators on this crime scene were so scarred from having to recover the body of the eight-year-old little boy that like, Absolutely, yeah. they couldn't. They they are like have mental trauma from this, and they can't really talk about it with anybody other because it's a minor that they found. So they can only really talk about it with each other. But they, I mean, they have some serious problems after the fact, and they were so mad about the fact that she only got ten I, years. I would be too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, half of me is like, she was twelve years old. And you think crazy shit when you're 12 years old, but then when you're in a situation where you have an older person with you that makes you think that, like, you can get away with that. You trust them because they're an adult. They're adult to you. Yeah. So, you know, then there's that side of it. But, you know, she killed her parents and her little brother. She, he killed her parents. She killed her little brother. Mm -hmm. And maybe through trauma or whatever, it was thinking that she was helping him. But either way, Ooh, you I'm him. assuming if she... It was with a knife, dude. I'm assuming that if she had the capability of doing that, she probably has the capability of altering what happened in her mind. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially over time in jail or wherever she was. Yeah. She probably thought a lot about it and was like, no, I was helping him. And had herself convinced that, in fact, she was helping him and she didn't do any wrong. Right. Well, no, no, no. Here's another thing I, I forgot to mention. She shows very... Um, large signs of guilt and regret about this. So that's what makes her like a postal, a poster child for rehabilitation after childhood um, murder. Wow. Yeah. 
It's a really fucked up story. I don't know what my obsession is with giving you guys, um, women family murders. <laughs> and I don't really know what my obsession is with trying to make a joke out of it, guys. I think I just might be, It's just crazy. I guess that's just how I cope. I, no, it's it's not even that, Morgan. It's the fact that it's so insane to sane people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just could never. No. I think that's why true crime fascinates me the way it does, because I just could never kill somebody. I know. And I just... 12 years old. I just can picture myself 12 years old and... I mean, yeah, there's so many times where I was like, I'm going to kill you to my little brother, but never. God, no, No, never. No, I was just going to choke you till you passed out. Yeah, like, (laughs) I was just going to hit you with this Guitar Hero guitar and call it a day. And get my ass beat by my mom and run upstairs and lock myself in my bedroom (laughs) to hide. That's all I was going to do. What's your best story with um, your siblings? Oh, boy. Um, So Morgan's siblings are really close to her in age. Yes. So I am one of four. I have an older brother, an older sister, and a younger brother. And you guys heard from my older sister and the um And how far apart are each of y'all? So we're all two years apart, except for my younger brother. We're me and him were three years apart. Yeah. And we did not get along. <laughs> not by any means. Not until like two or three years ago. And even now, like we still get into arguments. Like if we spend like longer than forty eight hours together. <laughs> um Honestly, I was just the instigator. Oh, I know you were. I've lived with you. I was (laughs) I was the instigator. I never really um used violence, but they would on me. Okay. That's not true. No, it is true. And they would all tell you that. I would instigate to the point where like they had to hit me. (laughs) And my younger brother, guys, he Oh, man. One time I was just playing um, baseball in my backyard with me and my dad, one of my friends. I was in middle school and my younger brother. And it was just two versus two, me and my friend versus Marshall and my dad. Well, I was smacking these balls, guys. I was hitting them all the way to the woods in my backyard, getting home runs. And I mean, there's only one outfielder. It's just my dad pitching and Marshall running around. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My younger brother running around like... Getting all the balls. So we would hit them, like, in ways that he couldn't get them. And we'd run around the bases. And, oh, my God, he got so pissed off one time that I had gotten a home run. He picked up the baseball bat. Started – I have a huge backyard. I have a 10-acre plot of – my parents have a 10-acre plot of just, like, flat land. And we – he chased me around to the point – with this baseball bat, so mad at me. I was running to my dad. I was – we were running circles around my dad. My dad's just cracking up, laughing. I'm like, he's gonna but I was instigating him, you know, like the whole entire time. I was like, you guys suck. Yeah, you guys suck so bad. But I mean, there's so many stories. That's honestly the first one that popped in my head. But oh, we used to fight. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I have two little sisters and they're way younger than me. Lola and Phoebe. And they are six and eight years younger than me. Actually, yesterday was Phoebe's birthday. So happy birthday, Phoebe. Happy birthday, Phoebster. And Lola's birthday is coming up soon. So we'll give her a shout out closer to her birthday, but she's turning 16. Mm -hmm. Big girl. So, um, they were so much younger than me. Like we don't have any like crazy stories like that. Like my biggest stories of me fighting in my childhood are with my mom. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my mom fighting. But my favorite story and Phoebe, just go ahead and Turn it off right now if you're listening to this because you're going to get so mad at me. This is going to be like part two if you listen to the story. But anyways, we were in Disney and it was me, my mom, and my mom's best friend, Amy, 
and my best friend Emma and my little sisters. And it was just like a girl's trip to Disney. And we were on the bus going to downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. And on the bus, it was super crowded. And y'all, this is pre-COVID, like many years pre-COVID. Yeah, They're you, really you little. You know how Disney goes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like people were sitting in each other's laps, okay? So, my little sisters, Lola and Phoebe, were across the aisle from me, my mom, um, Amy, and Emma. And we are laughing because Lola and this other little girl are literally sitting cheek to cheek. They're so close to each other, but they refuse to look at each other. (laughs) So, their eyes and their faces, their eyes are only moving, looking around, but their faces aren't moving at all. And I mean, if they moved at all to, like, if we hit a speed bump, they were going to smack heads. So, we're laughing at how close Lola and this little girl's face is, or are, and Phoebe is on the other side of Lola, and we get a glance at her, and she's, like, making the meanest face <laughs> at us. And Phoebe's really one of those people, as she gets embarrassed, it's over. So, she was being, like, so mad at us, and we're like, why is Phoebe making that face? Like, is she uncomfortable? And we're like, what's going on? And she's like, stop laughing. And we're like, we're not laughing at you, Phoebe. <laughs> and we don't want to say that we're laughing at Lola being beside this girl, so we're like, we're not laughing at you and so we get off the bus and phoebe's face is literally like bloodshot red so the little girls got off the bus before us and it was like the middle exit with the double doors Mm -hmm. and i get off the bus first and my mom's behind me and then amy's behind her and emma's behind her and i get off the bus and phoebe comes charging at me and she's stomping on my brand new white Converse. Oh, no. Not the Converse. <laughs> Not the Converse. She's throwing punches at me. And everybody's like, it's like forming a fight circle. Like, at this fight, exit fight, door. Fight, and fight. people are just like, what's going on? So my mom's like, Phoebe, Phoebe, what's wrong? And she's freaking out. And she's throwing punches. And she's like little, y'all. Like four years old. And she's throwing punches. She punches my mom in the boob. My mom's like, oh my god, ow. And then I look up and all all I can see is Amy holding Lola's hand and Emma's hand running away. And they're just looking behind them in they're fear. And they're just like, get me out of here. No, they're just like scared to death because Phoebe's like literally throwing punches at us. It was the best story ever. Phoebe didn't talk for the whole rest of the day. We ate at Planet Hollywood that night. And I don't know. It was it, That's my favorite story that I have because I don't really have any good ones of us like really messing with each other. But that one's my favorite story. I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. I have a good one in Disney, too. But I'll save it. (laughs) We'll save that one for the next one. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to our Ep6. Ep6. Wow. I feel like we've literally recorded 12 episodes. (laughs) I know. We're we're halfway there. We're halfway there. (laughs) But, guys, we are so thankful for you guys listening to us. And I know that this one's going to be a little bit of a longer episode of us just rambling. But... We honestly kind of missed each other today. We needed each other a lot today. And so... um, Yeah, usually we, like, come over, we record, we get out. I was like, I gotta come over, like, two hours early, dude. I just need to, like, sit. I just need to, like, sit in your living room. And we didn't even talk either. Like, we just kind of knew each other needed space because we both had really hectic days. And so we just saved everything to be on the um, podcast today, but... Thank you for listening. We think we're funny. Um, if you don't, if you I'm don't sorry. think we're funny, then fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm drunk. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Tune in next Thursday, um, y'all. This is free. Like, 
Yeah, like we're not even asking you for money. <laughs> not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is free. So thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, download, review us. And send in creepy accounts so we can have another episode. Because guys, that one was so fun. Yeah, I know. I can't read. Okay, I know. <laughs> Morgan's a really good reader. I was the person that avoided it heavily in elementary school. So I almost had to bring out one of those, the girl I babysit, she has a highlighter that you guys know, like it follows along with the book. She was like line for line. I almost had to bring that out. Okay. To get the creepy account episode done. <laughs> guys, I have terrible ADD. If you don't know that by now, then I mean, I mean, what did you think was wrong? with We me? are really rambling here. Oh yeah. We're so sorry. Anyways, <laughs> we love you. Thanks for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Tune in every single Thursday to be annoyed by us. We love you. And we'll see you next week on Ep 7. If, if you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And, and let's, let's get creepy. creepy.